This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, quite simply the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, and Pacific Life and Annuity. Now join Ringler Radio host, Larry Cohen. Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates, New England Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us today. You're listening to us today remotely from Newport Beach, California, where we're having our, uh, our show set up at the Ringler Associates annual meeting, and we're having a great time out here. We've also had some very interesting guests, and uh, you can find all the Ringler Radio shows, as you might know, on our website, ringlerassociates.com or thelegaltalknetwork.com. Today we want to talk about an issue that is very important to clients of personal injury cases and the plaintiff and defense attorneys involved in them. It's called constructive receipt. And if you're an attorney, we know that you're focused on uh, really presenting your client's lawsuit or defending your client's lawsuit and... uh, also, you, you, you need to understand that, uh, and be aware that there are regulations that we all need to comply with in terms of the receipt of the client's money in a settlement award. Well, joining me today to talk about constructive receipt are some experts on the subject. First, Doug Brand, Senior Vice President, Platinum Insurance Marketing, which is the exclusive marketing arm of the Aviva Life Structured Settlements Annuity Program. Doug has more than 20 years of experience in sales and marketing of annuities, insurance and securities products. He also serves on the board of directors of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association. And I might add that Doug has been a strong supporter of structured settlements and has been a real innovator in our industry. Thanks for joining us today, Doug. Thank you, Larry. Good to be here. Great. And also uh, today with us is attorney Nicole Waldert. She's the in-house counsel for Aviva. She handles two of the company's business channels, Aviva's payout annuities and structured settlements department and the tax sheltered annuity department. Prior to joining Aviva in 2004, uh, Nicole was legal counsel at Governo Law Firm and the John Hancock Financial Services in Boston. And, Nicole, I know you're back there in uh, the Boston area expecting a nice nor'easter snowstorm. We're out here in warm, sunny Southern California, so I hope you're a little jealous. (laughs) I certainly am. Thanks for having me on the show, Larry. It's a great topic. I'm excited to be here. Um, Before we get started, as a reminder to the audience, uh, just to let them know the views expressed are solely those of the participants and not necessarily those of Aviva Life Insurance Company or Platinum Insurance Marketing. Well, that's a wonderful disclaimer. I like to hear that. Well, let's jump right in to talk about constructive receipt. Um, in its simplest form, it's a tax law doctrine that says that income can be taxed to you even, it, even if it has not actually been received. And for example, if it's been credited to you or set aside for you or made available to you so that you can draw on it at any, at any time, then the IRS can treat it as if you were actually holding it in your hands. Uh, holding it in your hands, uh, we call that actual receipt. But the right to hold it is constructive receipt. And that's the uh, trickier area for all of us. Uh, you know, there's a lot of legislation that was designed to give tax favor treatment to injured parties and in settlements. But the trick, of course, is determining when the money is received. And, Doug, why don't you help us out with an example that illustrates how the doctrine of constructive receipt can affect the structured settlement? Actually, the most common example, Larry, is when the plaintiff attorney receives a check from the defendant 
and they put it in their trust or IOLTA account. And that's where uh, constructive receipt is definitely happening. And that's probably, again, the most common occurrence. Okay. Uh, Nicole, you know, parties make demands and offers during negotiations. And when does constructive receipt become an issue during the negotiation process as they're going through all that? Well, Larry, it's important to remember that there's no constructive receipt until the settlement is final. So until the point where a settlement has actually been finalized, the parties can continue to negotiate. Uh, mere negotiations in and of themselves do not actually trigger the constructive receipt doctrine, which would allow someone to continue to use a structured settlement. However, if you do have uh, a situation where a judgment is final or a settlement is complete, then a structured settlement can no longer longer be used. Okay. Doug, you know, we, uh, we see a lot of times in these mediation scenarios uh, that plaintiffs engage structured settlement brokers to help out. And uh, if they engage one and he's involved in the transactions and, the, and, and involved even in the money uh, scenarios, is there a, con- a potential for constructive receipt if the broker is somehow in the middle there? Well, the only way, Larry, that would happen is if the broker is basically uh, acting as the representative, similar to what the plaintiff attorney's position would be, uh, and they actually receive funds and put it in an account on behalf of the injured party, which uh, I don't think that's a common occurrence and certainly not a recommended uh, behavior by a structured settlement broker or consultant. Um, but short of that, no, the, if just the fact that a plaintiff broker would be involved in a case would not cause constructive receipt. I, th- I think we all agree with that. Uh, let, let's say a mistake is made, even out of ignorance, and the defendant's check is then received by either the plaintiff or their attorney uh, prior to you know, any structured settlement scenario being, being determined or developed. The check somehow comes. Can the check be returned to the carrier and then reissued and, and have the, the, the structured settlement transaction be fixed? Well, Larry, this is, a, this is an interesting question. It's somewhat of a gray area. If, for example, you have a defendant or defense who is, in fact, cooperative, they might be willing to accept the return check and reissue it to the insurance company that's actually providing the structured settlement. However, I want to caution the audience that there is still some potential risk inherent in this approach. If you take a look at the definition of constructive receipt, remember income is is taxed to you before it's actually received if you have access to that money or if it's credited to you or set aside for you, you can draw on it any time. One might conclude that a plate that a check that's already been received by the plaintiff or by the plaintiff's attorney is constructively received even if the check is uncashed because that plaintiff presumably had the ability to draw on the funds of that check and in fact cash it if they wanted to. So if it's at all possible, one should try to avoid this type of situation. Well, Doug, is there any viable alternative when when that kind of thing happens? Well, the only, I don't know about viable alternative, but the, the only alternative I could think of short of the defense cooperating and taking that check back, which is a common practice, would be to uh, use a non-qualified single premium immediate annuity, which then would be taxable. And, you know, the, the injured party would then lose those tax benefits afforded them by the structured settlement. Well, you know, this whole area of constructive receipt, uh, 
used to be a lot more prevalent in the early days of structured settlement. Doug, you'd remember that uh, when uh, we would have uh, you know, I- issues with uh, people talking about the cost of an annuity and whether or not that in, in and of itself constituted a constructive receipt and a lot of games were played sure. on, uh, on, the, uh, on the back of the concept of structured receipt. Sure. Uh, constructive receipts. So there's a, there's a big history to this, this issue, and I think we should talk about that as we come back from our break. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have a few questions from our, uh, from our field here for the experts to handle on the issue of constructive receipt. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio. Internet radio from Ringler Associates, placing more than $18 billion in structures over the last 30 years, and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network and become a member. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio and Legal Talk Network shows to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, and Pacific Life and Annuity. Welcome back to Ringler Radio, and glad you could join us. We're uh, here again in Newport Beach, California, with a remote location at the Ringler Associates Annual Meeting. We're talking today about constructive receipts, something everyone with clients involved in personal injury lawsuits should know about. What I want to do now, uh, Doug and Nicole, is open it up a little bit to the questions we've been receiving, uh, the emails that come in as we as we do our shows, and we do have a couple of questions that I think are appropriate for this discussion, and uh, Here's one that, you know, we've been hearing this, uh, as he said before the break, uh, for years now. And here's the question. My claim manager says we should never disclose the cost of an annuity proposal because it may subject the claimant to constructive receipt. But my broker tells me that the mere disclosure of the cost uh, is not an issue. Uh, Doug, what are your feelings about that? Is is that disclosure of the cost, uh, and again... Years we've been hearing it, but is it, is it really constructive receipt? It is not constructive receipt. Again, the cons- constructive receipt, you need to remember, uh, has to do with the funds themselves and, and the access that the injured party has to those funds. As Nicole mentioned earlier, you know, if there is a way they can get to them, control them, uh, it's credited to them, made available to them, that's when it's constructive receipt. And just merely knowing the cost would not constitute constructive receipt. You know, I've always found, and most, most brokers uh, find as well, that disclosing the cost, you know, not having the issue of constructive receipt raised around that, but disclosing the cost is uh, a good way to establish credibility in a case because you, you, the cost is out there. You're not trying to hide. There's no shell game in, the, in, this, in this scenario. Sure. And you're showing what the funds that you have available to spend are being utilized in terms of a, a long-term financial uh, security for the, for the climate. So I, I'm a big believer in that, and uh, uh, I'm glad we're able to get rid of the bogeyman of constructive receipt around that issue. Absolutely. Well, here's a second uh, question I thought was appropriate here. Here's the question. The mediation agreement signed at the close of uh, mediation says that the case settled 
for $500,000, but did not mention that any portion of it was to be used uh, for a structured settlement. Uh, eventually, there'll be a settlement agreement and release executed, but does the mere fact that no mention of structure was made in the mediation agreement subject uh, the parties to a constructive receipt problem? Nicole, what do you think about that? I, I don't believe that it does. Again, if you go back to what we discussed earlier, the, the constructive receipt issue really comes into play at the time the claimant gives a release or agrees to drop an appeal. That's when the settlement has truly been finalized and the claimant has agreed to waive any future legal rights that they might have to continue to try and pursue the case further. So if we're only, again, talking about an agreement on what the amount of the settlement is or, as Doug mentioned a moment ago, the cost of, of an annuity, I don't believe that that's a situation where there has been constructive receipt. The claimant has not signed a release yet. They do not have the ability to control those funds yet. So I think that's a safe situation. Well, and just to be on the safe side, sometimes I'll counsel uh, folks at a mediation that uh, you can put in language such as uh, the case settled for 500000 in cash and or annuities that will c- kind of leave it in an o- as an open area. And the annuities obviously could be zero in that case, but at least it gives them a little bit of comfort. And Sometimes that'll help. So there are, there's language that you can throw into these uh, documents that can uh, take away the, the aura of any constructive receipt problem. But as, as you said, Nicole, uh, most, of these, most of the times these issues don't, uh, don't give rise to any of those issues or problems. Well, let's finally talk a little bit about the role of uh, how brokers can, can help out in this constructive receipt area. You know, one of the things that we need to do is educate the attorneys around these issues and, and, and claim folks as well, uh, because some of them have come from in, with information from sources in the past that may not have been updated, because there have been things like private letter rulings from the IRS and uh, and other arenas. And Doug, what do you think? Uh, you know, what can we all do to help avoid constructive receipt as we go through the settlement process? Three things, Larry: educate, educate, educate. That sounds like location, location, location in real estate. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. It, it, there is a lot of ignorance out there regarding this issue, and the best thing to do is make sure that the parties understand the issues so they don't disqualify the public benefits, and there are phenomenal public benefits that are available to the injured party in a structured settlement. No question about that. Nicole, any, any final thoughts? No, I agree with Doug. I mean, a structured settlement is really a great opportunity for your client. And, you know, as an attorney or as a broker, you want to do your part in preserving that option for your client. And that means, in essence, understanding the constructive receipt doctrine. Well, I just want to say that both uh, Doug and uh, Nicole they work for Aviva. Uh, Aviva is a wonderful company in this industry, and uh, they're based in, in the Boston area. And uh, Doug and Nicole, how, if someone wants to reach Aviva, how would they get to your website? Uh, if they want to reach me, they may do so directly. Uh, my phone number is 617-405-6258, and my email where they can reach me is nwaldert, N-W-A-L-D-E-R-T, at avivausa.com. And what about you at the Platinum uh, Insurance Marketing, Doug? My phone number at Platinum is 800-708-7000, and... My email address is brand at platinum i m like platinum insurance marketing platinum i m dot com 
Well, that's great. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, remember, uh, you can always reach Ringler Associates and uh, all their brokers. Uh, come to the website, ringlerassociates.com. There's a lot of tremendous information out there for uh, all of you, including issues such as constructive receipt, which we've talked about here today. All right, until next time, from the uh, wonderful town of Newport Beach, California, where the weather is warm, we want to wish you a great day, and uh, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, and Pacific Life and Annuities.